You're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. And each weekday you can hear what the Bible says about the past, current and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, where we are here and where we are going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have T- Daniel Mateo in the studio, and um, Daniel will be presenting his ninth episode under the series, um, Drawing from the Well. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, I'm here, and uh, yeah, good to speak to you again, Tabitha. How are you today? Yeah, going very well, thank you. All right, that's good to know. Um, what, how, how's your week been so far? What have you been up to? Is there anything you'd like to share with us? Yeah, no, I'm really excited. I... Uh, been spending a bit of time at uh, our Adventist school at uh, in Hobart, and we've been having our week of worship, which means we have a chapel every day. Normally, we only have chapel once a week, but mm. we've been having chapel every day this week. We've had some visitors uh, come and share music and so forth. So, yeah, great time with the kids. Is that like the week of spiritual emphasis? Yeah, same thing. Because hmm. I remember there was this time uh, David Leo shared... Um, they had a um, week of spiritual emphasis and he was expecting um, some guests, but they didn't show up. So he had a lot um, of work to do, preparations and all that. But I said to him, um, I remember the days, like I attended uh, an Adventist primary school. And I remember those days, um, how I'd feel very um, closer to God during that week. Because, you know, are you starting the day with... Um, the scripture, the word of God, and it just, um, you know, you just go throughout the day thinking about that, meditating, if I can say. Um, yeah, and um, it just used to bring me closer to God, um, keep me on the right path, and um, renew my relationship with God, if I can say that. You know, that's such wonderful feedback to hear that from a previous student, because, uh, you know, that's... Uh, for those of us that, that work in Christian schools, you know, to hear that is, you know, you, you don't hear that from the students while they're while they're attending, you know. So to get that afterwards is, yeah, very, uh, what's the word, fulfilling. Yeah, thank you. Maybe right. in a few years they'll share that with you. Maybe. <laughs> All right, and um, so just to remind our listeners that you can catch up on previous episodes that we've done, um, and if you missed last week's episode that um. Then I will talk about briefly. You can catch up on through the Faith FM app or the website. And also um, our show number is 0488-880-891. Um, feel free to text us any questions, any responses, um, and also respond to our on-air questions and also um, request for the book offer, free book offer. And I uh, will give you some information a bit later. Um, did you want to share a bit about what you talked about last week, mm. um, Daniel? Absolutely. Well, last week we talked about the. We're talking about different uh, uh, roles that the Bible places uh, plays in our life each week. And last week we we're talking about the Bible as oracle. You know, the, an oracle being a means of communication between humanity and the divine. And so we we talked about all of the ways that uh, that God speaks to us through the Scripture. Yeah. So Bible as oracle. Yeah. Interesting conversation we had. Actually, I enjoyed it very much. Oh, it was for sure. And um, what I can remember, um, what stood out most is um, when you talked about accountability, um, just how we are accountable for our actions or for how we live our lives because we know um, why we are here and uh, we know 
we read the Bible and we get to know this creator and uh, we just feel, you know, there's a way we should live our lives that is pleasing or acceptable to our creator. Hmm. Yeah, no, lovely. And, and I guess we also talked about how important it is to keep each other accountable to make sure that we're living by our values and and that that's uh, it's a good sign of friendship and of love that when when we do that, you know, it's not uh, it's not a negative thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Um. So, what do you have for us today? Well, today I thought we would talk about the scripture as meditation, or the Bible as meditation, and uh, you know that's a word that uh, that many of us use and and talk about and think about, but uh, but how does the Bible uh, fulfil that function in our life? So that's what we're going to get into today, and maybe you could pray for us to start us off. Would that be all right? Sure. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you that we are able to be here and um, do your work. I pray that as Daniel is going to share your word, that you may speak through him. And um, and even as we listen to your word, may you touch, may we be touched and may we be blessed and uh, yeah, learn from what Daniel is going to share. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you so much. Well, as I said, today we're, we're talking about the Bible as meditation. Now, med- meditation is a, is a spiritual practice that is, I guess it's practiced by a lot of different uh, types of religions and idea. And I, I was first exposed to the idea of, of what's called Eastern meditation because of I have a background in martial arts. So when I was an, a teenager, I uh, got involved in martial arts. Now, when I was having my uh, martial arts lessons at the beginning and the end of each lesson, the, the teacher would guide us through uh, a process of meditation where we were supposed to empty our mind and um, we were pointed inwards to think about, um, well, actually the idea was not to think about anything, it's to completely empty yourself and uh, and and empty your mind completely. But it was supposed to, let's say, connect you with your higher spiritual nature. And so that was what um, what that was all about. Well, when I started to learn about the what the Bible says about meditation and the way that the Bible uses that word, it was very different. In fact, it was the opposite it wasn't so much about um, emptying your mind. It was more about meditating on a text of the scripture itself, thinking about what that means, allowing it to wash over you and to, you know, to think about how it applies to your actual life. So it was almost entirely the opposite of what had been taught, which is very strange. So, And, and often that first um, type of meditation, uh, talking about um, like emptying your mind and, and, and so forth, that is a type of meditation that's often referred to as being Eastern meditation, but in actual fact, um, the Bible comes from the ancient Near East, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a type of Eastern meditation as well. So that's what we're going to talk about. Well, how does the Bible teach us to meditate as distinct from, I guess, what you'd learn if you went to a yoga class or something like that? So that's what we're going to talk about today, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're not really going to change your what you know or what you <laughs> envision um, meditation to be we're just going to it's just a way of like um getting actually what you're seeking for mm. yeah if i can put it that way um yeah <laughs> yeah good well, well let's get into it hey and we'll have a look at we'll begin with psalm chapter 1 verse 2 now the psalms are a beautiful uh well they talk about meditation all the way through the psalms and um, med- meditation is a major theme uh, of that, and that is a spiritual practice in the um, in the walk of faith and in the journey of of life. And so, the Psalms has a lot to say. And actually, the Psalms, the Psalmist often speaks about his experience as uh, as as somebody that meditates often. And so, we can learn a lot about um, scriptural meditation uh, from the Psalms themselves. So, if you'd like to read that one for us, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. Um, 
I'm reading from King James Version. Is that okay? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Beautiful. So um, I guess uh, the psalmist here is talking about uh, somebody that follows God and has a relationship with God, and he says that he meditates on the law of the Lord. It's, uh, like I said, distinct from... Eastern meditation, where the idea is to empty your mind and to sort of um, think of, of nothing at all. Whereas in this situation, the idea is to actually meditate on God's law, to think about his law, think about his commandments, think about these stories, um, allow them to uh, to speak to us and to, to think on a text. So it's not to empty the mind, but to fill the mind with something positive. And in actual fact, I much prefer it. I think it makes more sense because if if I say to you, don't think about anything, Tabitha. Just mm-hmm. like think about nothing at all. You know, just completely empty your mind. You, you're going to find that it's actually a pretty difficult thing to it do is for hard. a start. Yeah. And the reason is because your brain is created by God to process information. That is what it does, you know, much like a computer. You know, it thinks about things. And it, now there's times when it's good for us to limit the amount of data that's going into our minds. Like it's good for us to go out in nature and then we're not so bombarded with data. And that can be a. That can be a, a relieving and a renewing experience. But the idea of completely um, uh, removing the processing of data, I think that that's not a positive thing. And um, here in, uh, in Tasmania, we've got, uh, we've got Port Arthur, which was a prison for, um, for, for uh, some of the, the prisoners that were brought over from England uh, during the colonial times. And one of the things that they would do to uh, prisoners that they wanted to really punish was put them in solitary confinement. And you can go and visit. The, there's this big solitary cell that they have there. And the idea is it completely deprives the senses. Once you, I, I went inside it and they shut the door. You, there's no light. There's no sound. It's just nothing. And uh, people would go in there for a, for a little while and, and they'd come out, you know, with mental illness because, you know, it's not good for our senses to be deprived, right? The brain is designed to by God to, to process information. And so the idea of meditating on something positive rather than focusing on the negative, rather than trying to be empty, but rather to focus on something positive than transformational, that to me makes much more sense um, in terms of uh, growing uh, in our spiritual walk. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Indeed. And um, I'm going to ask our listeners to text us some of the ideas or practices that they think of or that comes into their mind when someone mentions meditation and um, I will go first. <laughs> so I think of positivity, just as you've been talking. I didn't get that from you. <laughs> I, I had that idea. So, um, yeah, I think of positivity and I also think of gratitude. Um, I think like the whole idea of, um, you know, meditating is just to like by the end of the process to feel better. Um, and yeah, it's, you just have to think positive and be grateful for um, what you have. Um, yeah, text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine. What comes into your mind when you think about meditation? Um, this first song is "Whatever Is True" by Rescue. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, we are to think upon these things. Yeah, and whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, we are to think upon these things. 
Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him, endured the cross for all our shame. Christ is our example of how to live our lives each day. So read about Him in His Word and trust Him and obey. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, we are to think upon these things. Yeah, and whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, we are to think upon these things. Workmanship shaded in Christ Jesus for good works That He's prepared in advance for us And He's expressed this in His Word So be imitators of our God As children dearly loved You were once in darkness, now you're light to Him So set your mind on things above Forgetting what's behind In the time when my soul was dead Pressing forward towards the goal To win the heavenly prize instead Whatever is true Whatever is right Whatever is honorable We are to think upon these things Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, we are to think upon these things. We are to think upon these things. We are to think upon these things. That was Whatever is True by Rescue. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with Daniel Mateo. And uh, Daniel is presenting his topic, um, his title with the topic, The Bible as Meditation. Um, and uh, before we went for a break, I asked our listeners to share with us any ideas or practices that comes into their mind when they think of meditation. And um, I mentioned like two of ideas that come into my mind is positivity and gratitude and um daniel reinforced on uh, positivity in the previous section and uh daniel in the previous section as you introduced us to what you're talking about today and i yeah you mentioned about um meditation being about all about filling our minds with our positive thoughts as opposed to empty thoughts um what do you have for us in this section yeah, that's right. And we were really talking about the fact that in, in Scripture, scriptural meditation, as distinct from uh, what we normally think of as Eastern meditation, um, Scripture itself becomes the vehicle uh, for meditating, that scripture, the words of Scripture become what we use to meditate. Um, rather than, I guess, trying to attain some higher plane, rather it is that we're trying to attain a higher knowledge, and we do that by reading and, uh, and meditating on the words that God's provided for us in those pages. So um, I guess 
for me, when, when I, I, I had to really question what I thought about and my definition of the word meditation because as soon as uh, someone said that word to me, I always thought of, you know, a guru sitting on a hill somewhere, cross-legged, you know, uh, you know perhaps repeating some phrase over and over and over again. Uh, but that's really not the sort of meditation that we're talking about when the Bible uses the word. It's very, very different indeed. It involves spiritual growth. It involves spiritual learning, but it's not um, it's not a, a process of completely removing oneself from uh, the world in which God reveals himself. So uh, the most important thing, I suppose, though, is that rather than trying to empty the mind, in Scripture, if a, when someone's meditating, God is the focus. And we see that in Psalm chapter 63, verse 6. And I'm wondering if you might be able to read that for us, please. Sure. Um, when I remember thee upon my bed and medita- meditate on thee in the night watches... So, so we can see there that the psalmist is really, as he's meditating, he's wanting to understand or he's wanting to think about the character of God. He's meditating on God. He's thinking about what God has done. And, and so scripture is the vehicle, but God is the destination mm. uh, for Bible meditation. Yeah, for b- biblical meditation. Scripture gives us the, the, the car that we need to drive, but the place where we're, we're going, the place we want to be is God himself. And so he becomes the he becomes the focus of it. And what that might look like practically is, uh, for example, I might uh, go out, let's say, into um, uh, into somewhere that's very natural, you know, say out in nature somewhere, maybe out in the bush, and I might pull out my little bush Bible and I might just go through and read through John 17 and think about Jesus praying uh, for us uh, there right before he was uh, arrested and crucified and all of the things that he longed for as he prayed for us. And the love that he has for us, and I think about him, and I think about what those words for made for me. I think about his character, and I ask him to speak to me in those words. And that's that's kind of what it looks like in a practical way. Mm-hmm. That God actually is the focus, you know. That's wanting to to know more of him, wanting to know more of his love, and it results in an, in a heart of praise and worship. And that when we learn something about him, about his love for us, it, there's a response that comes in the heart. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever experienced that before, Tabitha? Yeah, I have. I was just going to ask, <laughs> this is just a joke. Um, do you have a bush Bible? I have a bush Bible. Yes, I do. Yeah. So you have like um house or church Bible and a bush Bible. <laughs> um, well, look, I've got this weird thing, Tabitha, about me is that I feel uncomfortable throwing away a Bible. So I've uh. never, I've never put one in the bin. So, uh, you know, I've been a Christian for quite a number of years now. And so there's, there's quite a few that have worn out and, and pretty grubby, but, uh, but, uh, but they're still on my shelf. Mm-hmm. So when I joined the army, uh, when I graduated from the School of Infantry in 2001, my parents gave me a little New King James Bible. It was brown, um, probably about the size of my fist. And I carried it, um, you know, around uh, with me for uh, uh, my service, for the most of my service. And I still have that today. I call that my Bush Bible, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. But, yeah, also I've got another Bible that I that I preach from when I'm at church. And I have another Bible that I take to me with church when, to church when I'm not preaching. Mm. Yeah, and mm. another Bible for studying, wow. and another Bible for devotional use. Yeah, yeah, I've got wow. a few. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh. <laughs> something to learn from you. <laughs> um, sorry to deviate. Um, you asked me if I've experienced like um, being in that situation where I'm meditating, um, and yeah, I have. When I read God's word. I think about like what God is trying to. I think about God's character. 
um, and then what God wants, expect me to get out of the reading. And sometimes, like, um, I just sit there and I'm thinking, oh, like, um, God just, I think of all the things that I've done that are unpleasant. And then I think of all the good things that God has done for me. And I'm like, wow, you know, I feel like, oh, I didn't deserve that. But God has actually done that for me. And that's just very, you know, touching and um, heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the response, as I said, the response is worship. You know, I mean, the response is to say, Lord, I love you. And you fall deeper in love with God. You want to learn more about him. And it's got implications for our behavior as well. The more you focus on his love, his perfection, his care, the more it changes the way you want to speak to others, the Mm. way you want to communicate with them, the way you want to treat them. Um, That uh, that's a transformative experience rather than often. um, You know, I've got I've got a relative who is a bit of a Eastern spiritual guru and uh, for her, you know, she it's it's all about um, intellectual learning. You know, it's all about intellectual teaching. Um, if someone perhaps were to to cross her, you know, then you would see another side. You know, so it would for for us as Christians, we want to learn as we meditate on God. We want to learn to reflect God in the way that we um in the way that we behave in the way that we interact with one another. Mm. So um I guess my next point is that the overflow of uh, of biblical meditation is sharing. Mm. Sharing God's love and also sharing his word as well. Would you like to read for me Psalm chapter 77 verse 12? Sure. Um I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Mm. So as he meditates on what God has done, then it fills, it's like we talked about last time, how the cup is filled up and then he's got to talk about what God has done, you know, and uh, he begins to share. And uh, another place, David, as he's sharing, he says, as I meditated upon thee, he says, the fire burned and then I spoke with my tongue, you know. And mm-hmm. so it, it results in uh, a burning heart that results in in speaking, you know, with something that we have to say and do that changes. You could never be the same again once you understand um, these truths in Scripture. When you begin to understand God's great love and you begin to understand his care, watch care and, and everything that he's done for us, it, it there's something fa- fundamentally that changes, I believe, about the human heart when these things really click. Now, you can reject it, you can accept it, but you can never be unchanged by it. Hmm. There is always a change. And uh, once we hear this truth, we're never the same again. And, and I also believe that, that you know we're not judged uh, the same way as we were before we understood some of these things. So to talk about them and to think about them is the natural outflow of, of meditating upon the Word of God. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's wonderful to think about, isn't it? Mm. It is, yeah. And, uh, and that goes along with our next point is that biblical medica- meditation always generates respect, deepened respect and deepened awe of God's self. And we see that in Psalm chapter 119, verse 15. Now, Psalm chapter 119 is a wonderful chapter about meditating on the Word of God. And it's one of the longest, I think it is the longest chapter in the Bible. I'd have to just go back and check that. But uh, yeah, the verse 15 in particular. Yeah, if you could read that for me, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, Sure. I will meditate in their precepts. And have respect unto thy ways. Mm, so meditate, you can s- meditate. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Mm. Yeah. So as he meditates on God's law and God's commandments, he it generates respect. You see, and uh, and that's what happens. The more that, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, the more I learn about somebody, um, that 
changes how I behave towards them, you know. And uh, when I was in the army in particular, you know, you have to respect certain people. You have to give them respect and you have to give them deference. You have to salute officers and all of that. But sometimes when you get to know them a little bit, your respect may go up or down based on their behavior, you know. Mm-hmm. And you might walk around going, well, I'll call you sir and I'll salute you. And in your mind you're thinking, but I don't respect you. And maybe that's not a good thing to think, but that's what comes into your head. Were you going to say something? Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I will respect the attire that you have, your outfit yeah, yeah. <laughs> or your badge or whatever, but just not you as a person, mm-hmm. which is really not good. But, no, it's mm-hmm. not good, but it, but it, is a natural thing that happens. And yet, and every now and then you meet a leader who is so self, self-sacrificial and so caring that even they might not have all of the rank, but you have a lot of respect for them. And mm-hmm. they win your respect by their behavior. And so it's natural as we read God's word and we find out about who he is, that our awe, our respect, our love uh, for him will grow and uh, it will deepen. Yeah. Mm. Mm. We'll become more reverent as we begin to understand him. And actually, the Bible uses a strange word for this that doesn't make a lot of sense to us in our culture. It actually uses the word fear, mm. you know. And I don't like it. Sometimes I, when I'm driving around, I see there's a Christian person in the car in front of me and they have a sticker on their bumper that says, Fear God. Now, that's biblically correct, but it doesn't it doesn't speak to what that word means in the Bible. And I wish that um, some of those people would uh, would... Would, uh, would think about trying to communicate the context. The idea of fearing God, when the Bible says to fear God, it's not talking about being afraid of him the way that we understand the word fear, I guess, in the English language today. It's an old type of fear that goes back to the time of lords and kings when there was a respect and a reverence and an awe um, that, uh, that, that was afforded to the person in authority. It wasn't necessarily uh, about, um, about being afraid. So this is the awe. This is the love. This is the, the overwhelming uh, deference that that we place to to this God that we know cares about us and is looking after us. Yeah, mm, I'll be honest. As a, it took me time to actually understand what that means: fear God and obey His commandments. Um, growing up, I just thought, oh, I'm supposed to be scared. You know, this powerful supernatural being. You know, I should. Yeah, I should just be careful what I do, or else I'll get in trouble. You know, such kind of. Um, that is the perception I had of God, and uh, that's my un- that was my understanding of um, you know the scri- verse or scripture fear God. But then, as I got to know God more and um, also share with other fellow Christians, I came to understand that um, it just simply means respect. And then, you know, the more I understood that God loves us and um, the fact that um, what He's done for us and giving us freedom of choice and all that, like. You know, if it's about fearing and he has the control, then he can just make us do whatever we want, you know. Mm-hmm. But because he loves us, he just wants that respect and um, and also just um, for us to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just remind our listeners to text us, share with us um, what you think or what ideas come into your mind when someone talks about meditation. What, or if you do, if you meditate, why do you do it? Um, and what do you achieve out of that? Um, text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and I will share your responses um, next week on air next week. Um, and we have a free book offer. It's called Heart Food, um, and it contains devotionals from the Psalms to satisfy your hunger of for God. And uh, that is by Mark Tucker, and we'll give you more information about that later on. Let the Word of Christ by Trilogy Scripture Songs. Mm-hmm.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That was Led the Word of Christ by Trilogy Scripture Songs. And um, you're listening to Taz Encounters with Daniel Mateo. And um, Daniel is talking about the Bible as meditation. Um, and we've shared, talked about, um, and that's different scriptures that talk about uh, meditating on God's Word and uh, the outcome of meditation, which is a uh, praise and um, respect for God. And also like um, just... Um, talking uh meditating to a point where we have a burning desire to actually share God's word with other people. Um what else do you have for us in this section? Yeah, no, wonderful Tabitha. Thank you kindly. Well, one of the most amazing things about biblical meditation as <clears throat> distinct from the sort of meditation you might learn at a yoga class or anything like that, which is it really is a different thing. Uh, it's not the same. Uh, is that it causes us to fall in love with God and His Word. Now, we talked about the fact that um, that in the in the Bible, when it, when the Bible talks about meditation, it's not talking about emptying the mind. It's not talking about you know uh, some of those other practices that we hear about. It's really talking about meditating on the text of Scripture. It's really ta- talking about allowing the text of Scripture to speak to us, to try and understand it the best we can, to pray and ask God to speak to us through it, allow that truth to wash over us. So, what happens? is that it causes us to fall in love with God and his word. That is the natural outflow uh, of biblical meditation. And if you could read for me Psalm chapter 119, verse 48, I think it underlines that, underlines that quite well. Mm. My hands also will I lift up unto the commandments which I have loved, and I will meditate in the statutes. That's right. And so you can see that the psalmist, as he speaks about meditating on the statutes of God, he says that he loves God and his commandments, you know, and... And that's what we find. I've found as as I've been walking with God that I've begun to love Scripture. And I love the words, even when I know them very, very well. When I hear somebody repeating or quoting from the Scripture and I can quote along with it, it just gives me, it feels, it makes me feel like I'm home. Mm. You know, I feel like that God has, has spoken to me through that text and that he is walking with me and protecting me. And uh, these are my words. This is this is my letter. This is my letter of love from my father, who who cares for me, and wants to walk with me. And that's been my experience. And that's what the scripture says as well: is that uh, that biblical meditation causes us to fall in love with God and in His Word. So far from being something that's sort of nebulous, or uh, or, or or just. I guess just out there in the ether as a spiritual practice, this has a has a direct, very physical, um, ever present object, which is that um, we're focused on God, we're reading God's word, and it causes us uh, to be deeper in our relationship with Him. And that's a there's a measurable thing. It's like I I know that I'm more connected to God now because I've read Scripture than I was before. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can feel that and know that in my own life, and not just that. It's it's observable in the in the experience because it's a living word that really transforms behavior and uh, and other people can look at me and say wow you know something's different uh, because you know that that individual over there or me or whoever it is has learned something from God's word he's made a decision to respond to it or she and uh, and now they're a different person than they used to be so it causes us to fall in love with God and his word mm. Mm, i can say like um, genuine love is comes out of understanding and um, understanding because, you know, as we mentioned before or in the previous section, uh, we talked about or you talked about um, meditating upon God's word. Um, so that constant reading and meditating 
it helps you to understand God better. And because you understand God better, you develop that love for God. And um, yeah, when you develop that love, it's it's genuine, it's sincere because you know this person. It's like you know, you understand, you know them and you understand them better. So it's more of genuine and not like a sort of, you know, reading God's word because it's a requirement or it's an expectation. But because you feel, um, because of that connection or that relationship that you've developed with God. Oh, well, absolutely. And I, can I say this, that uh, on the, the 9th of April, my 16th wedding anniversary, uh, my wife and I were married, my wife Katie and I were married, I were engaged for 12 months and we were engaged three months after we met. So we'd been we'd known each other for about 15 months when we were married, and and a lot of people thought that that wasn't enough time and that it wouldn't work out. Mm-hmm. And but now we've been married for 16 years, and I can honestly say, sometimes my wife, you know, she might ask me, she say, oh, we, you know, we've been together so long, are you sick of me yet? And I say, no, I can honestly say that I fall deeper in love with her every day because I get to know her more every day, and that's really what it is. And uh, and so it's the same with God as well. And along with that. You know, that uh, meditating upon the scripture, having the Bible as our meditation, it gives us hope and strength through hard times. And I, and I can't imagine the people that, like I, I speak to a lot of people that practice meditation in the, in the way that I was speaking about before, you know, this idea of, you know, emptying your mind and just not trying not to think about anything. Um, I can see how that would cause you to feel relaxed in the midst of hard times, but I don't see how it would bring comfort or help or strength or courage Mm. through hard times the way that the promises of the Bible do. Can you read for me, please, Psalm 119, verse 78? Sure. Um, Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in their precepts. Yeah, and so you can see the psalmist, is as he's meditating on the promises of God, um, he is... He's reflecting on the fact that God is going to take care of these people that are causing him um, hardship and pain. And as a result, he doesn't have to be concerned about them. He doesn't have to worry about them. He doesn't have to somehow play chess or politics or try and plan his revenge because he's trusting all of that to God and God has promised to take care of him. And so as he meditates on the precepts of God, he can entrust some of those hard times that are going on in his life into God's hands. Hmm. And the people that are hurting him, he can trust them into God's hands too. And uh, he doesn't need to carry around that, that pain and that suffering. And those, some of those promises, like in Isaiah 41.10, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm. You know, I mean, you can take that to the bank. Uh, in Psalm 23, when it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm. God's with me. You know, he's with me. I don't have to be afraid. You know, because God's with me. It's a beautiful, beautiful promises. So they they can give us hope and strength uh, through very difficult times. And I've had the privilege of being through with people through even that were right on death's door, lying in a hospital bed, going through horrible pain, and um, and yet taking comfort and joy, even having joy uh, from the promises of Scripture. Mm. Yeah. And so along with that, um, along with that, we we know and believe. Uh, that, uh, of course, uh, meditating on the promises of God, meditating on the Scripture, using the Bible as our meditation, causes us to know of God's salvation. Can you read for me, please, Psalm 143, verse 5? I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the works of thy hands. Mm. 
And as you make your way through the Bible, as we talked about when we talked about the Bible as literature two, two weeks ago, you're going to find a lot of stories. And the stories are stories of God's interaction with his dealing with his people, people that he loves, just like you, just like me. And as I read those stories and I think about those stories, I think about the fact that that same God that cared about Esther, that same God that cared about Ezra, that same God that cared about Jeremiah, that's the same God I'm speaking to and that I'm learning about and that's speaking to me as I meditate on him, on his character and what he's done. You know, and this is the this is the situation that it causes us to know his salvation, the way that he desires to save, the what the his plan for stepping down into humanity, and uh, and through the cross bringing us uh, into full relationship and connection with him. Mm, indeed, um, let us know what do you think? What comes into your mind when someone mentions meditation, or if you meditate? Um, but how do you feel? How do you do it? Um, what do you achieve out of meditation? Um, let us know on zero four double eight double double eight zero eight nine one. Um, and our free book offer is Heart Food. Um, and it contains devotionals from the Psalms to satisfy the hunger for God. And uh, this is by Mark Tucker. Um, hungry. Not your stomach. We're not talking about <laughs> hunger for food, like your stomach. <laughs> um, and we're, t- we're talking about your heart. Um, are you hungry for more of God? Does your heart long to grow closer and closer to the only one who can satisfy your cravings? Um, the author of this book believes that every one of us, whether we know it or not, suffer from spiritual malnutrition. And this is this condition is not new. God is the only food your heart needs. He is the food that produces growth. As you read um, these short devotions in this book, you, may you find food for your hungry heart and grow in the grace of God. What a beautiful description. I will give you the code to claim this book after the next song, which is According to the Gracious Word by Katie Gustafson. Oh, oh.
What a beautiful song. That was According to the Gracious Word by Katie Gustafson. And you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Daniel Mateo. And Daniel has been talking about um, reading the Bible or using the Bible as a source of meditation. And uh, in the uh, before we went for a break, I promised to give you the code to claim today's free book offer, which is called Heart Food. And it con- this book contains devotionals from the Psalms to satisfy your hunger for God. And it's by Mark Tucker. And um, the code is draw nine text D R A W nine um to zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one and I will be able to send that book to you. So um Daniel, in the previous section you mentioned about um developing a love for God's word because um of meditating upon it constantly and um also seeking him in times of hardships, um, instead of, you know, even when uh, people are doing unpleasant things or like just going through unpleasant um, situations, just um, choosing to meditate on God's word and um, gaining that comfort from um, reading God's word. And this reminded me of or reminds me of First Peter chapter 5 verse 7, which talks about um, casting all your cares upon God because he cares for us. And um I've loved this scripture passage for so long and it has always been my source of comfort. Um, just thinking or knowing that there's someone who actually cares about me that I can just, um, all I need to do is just call upon him or just talk to him and, um, then I can just experience that comfort. And you also shared a few verses that give you hope and comfort and that you also share with other people when they're going through hard situations like, um, Psalm 23 and also, um, Isaiah, yeah, yeah, verse ten. Yeah, what else? What do you have for us in this section? Well, before we before we round up, I I guess what would might this look like practically? Um, I've said that uh, I've said what biblical meditation isn't. It's not you know necessarily sort of sitting down cross legged and emptying your mind the way that we normally think of when we think of Bible meditation or we think of meditation. I've said that biblical or Bible meditation is is, is uses scripture as a vehicle, and that the the conclusion or the destination of that of that trip or that um, journey is God Himself, and so it's more meditating on um, on the verses and on the passages of scripture rather than um, rather than anything else to learn about God to understand Him. So how might I do that practically? Okay. So I want to um, have a moment of meditation and I want to set aside a moment of meditation each day in my life uh, where I encounter God through his word. So I might, on my way to work, uh, pull over on the side of the road uh, somewhere or take a back road and uh, find a little area that's, you know, got a lot of trees around, you know, a bit of bush there. And I might just sit down uh, on the side of the road there and I'll open my Bible. And I'm going to open it up to some of those passages that talk about the Last Supper. And as I read those passages, I'm not just going to read them for information. I'm not just going to read them like they're a story that happened to someone else. I want to put myself right there. What if I were Peter, sitting there at that table, reclining, and Jesus, you know, this this man that I've spent three and a half years with, that I've learned from, he's become a mentor and a teacher and a close friend to me, that knows um, all of my um, struggles, he knows my family, and, uh, and I've got a... a almost like a fatherly affection or a feeling of, um, you know, as I would towards a father or an uncle or a teacher towards him. You know, I love him very much in that way. And he begins to talk about his death. 
how, what sort of feelings does that rise up in my heart? What are the sorts of smells that I that I can smell as as we're participating in that that last supper? What can I see from as I look around at my other close friends around the table? What are they thinking when he starts to talk about his death? You know what what situations are going on that that I'm starting to feel anxious about? You know that are outside of my control. What is the you know what is it? What are the clothes that I'm wearing feel like? What is the what is the whole environment? What are the smells? All of that. I'm going to put myself right there in the story, and then as I read about what the things that Jesus is saying, I'm not going to read them like they're written on a page. I want to try to hear them like they're coming from the mouth of this man whom I've come to love. And what do they mean for me? What do they mean in my life? Then, in that situation, and also right now. Because guess what? I am sitting around that table. Jesus is saying it to me, and it is meaningful for me. When he says, I'm about to go, and I'm, about to, I'm going to be arrested and beaten, and, uh, and eventually I'm going to be put to death, but on the third day I'm going to rise again. That was for me, just like it was for John and for Peter and for all of those guys. I want to put myself in that situation, and I'm going to think, well, what sort of person am I going to live today? in light of these words and their meaning for my heart and my life. And then we, I might say a prayer and say, Lord, thank you for that revelation, whatever it is, whatever information that's come to me, revelation about God's self or about myself, my own life, uh, through that moment of introspection, I'm going to thank God for it and, and ask him for the courage to do what needs to be done. And then I continue on my day. You know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just found myself meditating. (laughs) I don't know about our listeners, but yeah, as I was just listening to you um, recount that, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) And imagine how what would what would we all you know what would our lives be like if we took a moment each day to to story ourselves into uh, into scripture in that way. You know, and to encounter it in such a real way. So that's really what I'm advocating, you know, what I'm talking about. When I talk about the Bible as meditation, you know, I'm, I'm saying this is a real book that God has spoken through and that he wants to speak to us through. Yeah. So I guess uh, as we've gone through our program today, we've talked about um, how Scripture is the vehicle of biblical med- meditation, that God's the focus of it. We've talked about the overflow, that if we are um, participating in real biblical meditation, we're going to be sharing. It's going to have um, outcomes for our life and for our communication and uh, for the way we treat and speak to others. Um, We've talked about how it generates respect and awe for God and and causes us to fall in love with with Him and with His Word. Uh, We've talked about how it gives us hope and gives us strength, even through very difficult times. Uh, and it causes us to know his salvation and his works. And so just in closing, I just would like to share a little story of, I guess, how God spoke to me in a moment of meditation. I was in my first year in, as a pastor, and, you know, I didn't think it was going to be that difficult, honestly, as a, as a job. Um, often you, you kind of you see pastors doing their thing and you think, oh, yeah, they've got it pretty cushy. But dealing with um, interpersonal issues, you know, caring professions where you're dealing with people's real problems and you're there with them in the family and stuff, it, you know, it can be very challenging at times. And it built up on me a little bit. It was much more difficult than I thought it was going to be. And it built up on me and I'd, I'd been working very long hours, anywhere between sort of in like 10 and 14 hour days uh, for a period of time. And, uh, and I just felt like it was so overwhelming for me. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was sort of spending some time in scripture going, God, what do I do? You know, how do I handle this? Anyway, I, I went to sleep after, after spending some time in meditation. And I had the sense of a very, like a, like a glorious shining being uh, being over me. 
and um, and this being just spoke into my ear and whispered, "It's okay, Jesus loves you." And when he said those words, "It's okay, Jesus loves you," it was like a peace uh, that came over me, and I knew that no matter how hard things were going to be, that it was all going to be okay. You know, and so I, I know that God really wants to speak to us through these moments of meditation. And I just like to appeal to our listeners, you know, that uh, that if it's not a part of your regular practice to take time each day to use Scripture as your meditation, you know, to do that. And uh, the Bible says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." Give it a go. You know, I challenge you, and um, I, I I know that uh, that God's going to speak, and you'll be thankful that you did that. Hmm. Wow, thank you for that powerful sharing. And this just reminds me of the scripture that you posted on Facebook. <laughs> Peace, I live with you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, um, just experiencing that peace. And that's um, another thing that you I ex- would ex- think of one um, can experience out of meditation. That calming feeling, you know, that peace that comes with it. Um, it's just... Um, very good. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you. I give not as the word world gives. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, what do you have for us next week? Well, I'm excited about next week, actually, because one of my favorite things to study and think about and talk about in the whole world is theology. So next week we're talking about the Bible as theology. Yeah. Indeed. Join us next week to hear more of what Daniel has to share. And uh, tomorrow we have uh, David Maxwell, and David will be talking about self-control. So don't miss out. Um, just join him and um, Jason to hear more of what he has to say. And um, our the code to claim our free book offer, which is Hard Food, um, and it contains devotions from the Psalms to satisfy your hunger for God. Um, text draw nine to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine. One. We're going out with this song, Anchor of Hope by Ellie Hol- Holcomb. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God, author of all that is good, faithful provider and giver of life. Source of all power and love Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the end Righteous Redeemer and mighty to save He's the anchor of hope for the souls of Compassionate, merciful God Radiant, holy delight Beautiful Father, victorious Son Source of unchangeable light Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the
constant unwavering God, shepherd who comes for the lost, rock of salvation, remarkable love, Savior who died on the cross, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise, refuge of strength to the 